Hello, and welcome to the Brian Diaries, where my pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, the world of darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brian Diaries. It feels good to be back with my homeboy, my my now Texas brother. Andrew is here with me. We had spent a while. We kind of like diverged and like went our own separate paths. And like Mitch came in and filled the roles of each of us. But just like long lost stargaze lovers, we have found our way back. Fate has pulled us back into this this creation of cold brew and 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 I don't know heavy metal. And it's just great to be back here. What is up, Andrew? How are you doing, brother? Look, look. I just want to say that uh, you you have yet to earn the Texas badge. You know, you're just because you're here. <laughs> doesn't mean you're texan yet okay i just want the spurs man i just want the spurs and maybe the hat and then maybe like the belt with the pistols on the side and the truck i definitely want a truck man that's how you can tell you're not texan all of those things god damn it dude i thought i was prepared man i watched lonesome dove like three times and i don't know what else to fucking do man but yeah for those you need to watch the entirety of king of the hill that's (laughs) very true Just, just intake all of that there you go and then I'm not go wrong. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a Hank. Have Hilbert. you eaten? Have you eaten Whataburger yet? Uh, no, my wife has though. But I ate okay, Bubba's so, chicken. Yeah, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta eat some Whataburger. You gotta, you gotta watch King of the Hill, and and have uh have some barbecue from like a, a hole in the wall kind of place. Mm. Oh, and tacos too. And Lone Star beer, right? I gotta start drinking Lone Star beer. No, I don't think anyone actually drinks that. Oh man, dude. Oh, fuck. I'm all, well, that's why I'm glad you're back into my life here right now. And you can get me on the straight. And there was kind of funny, like Andrew actually lives like 30 minutes, 30 miles or whatever from me. And we were trying to like, think about recording this in person. And to be honest, we don't even have like an in-person setup, but like we could try to make it work, but it's kind of funny. Like I was thinking about that the other day, like how odd is it that we don't even have like a studio set up like some of the cats out there. Maybe we'll have to make a studio, man. What do you think about a that? Studio? Yeah. Like a studio, man. For, to meet like once a month and talk about vampires and shit totally worth the money right <laughs> what no, <laughs> no. <laughs> god damn it boy bobby saw me right with that boy that's my king of the hill impersonation there so hey man we we we've been <laughs> back on track it's with cringe worthy as always <laughs> cringe worthy as motherfucking always guys that is us at twin cities by night um no but on the real man like i feel like we should uh I mean, like we're going to be talking about our subject like we normally do, uh, which we won't tap into quite yet. But I feel like we almost got to like talk about another podcast at the beginning of our podcast because they always talk yeah. about us. Let's let's just talk about first. Let's just talk about what we've been doing lately, which is mm-hmm. for you has been listening to the esoteric order of role players yes very much so i've been listening to the esoteric esoteric order of role players a podcast that has a ton of actual plays but what i'm specifically listening to at the moment is their duet series which is uh vampire the masquerade well it's kind of a mixture of vampire the masquerade and hunter the visual or reveal as they say in their podcast as a joke but in all reality there's it's been not a joke you know it's not <laughs> but there's been members of twin cities by night who have been singing praises to about uh the eor is what they're known by to to us for the longest time to me yeah. i mean sorry the uh, andrew um tillman isn't there someone else in the gang who listens craig. to craig yep craig they've been telling me like chris you gotta listen to this you gotta listen to this but the thing unfortunately before i moved to texas was i really had no time to listen to podcasts all everything that i resided around um was within like a 10 mile radius of where i lived in phoenix and i didn't have the uh the capability to listen to podcasts where i worked at but now that where i work at i i have like a 35 minute commute and i can listen to podcast at work with my earbuds with my phone so i've just been like burning through the eor i was like guys i'm gonna listen it wasn't for like any just kind of you know why i didn't listen before it wasn't because of like any um you know reason other than i just didn't have the time but what's kind of funny too is the fact that 
Des from the esoteric order of role players has also kind of like started listening to other podcasts and has been listening to our stuff. She listened to um, Servitude and Ultimate Evil. Now Dread she's listening to. So we've kind of, you know, been her and I and David Larkins, who's also uh, her husband, who's also on the podcast. We've just kind of been talking and getting to know each other. And I think I can't remember who had the idea. I think it was Des who shot it. I was like, wouldn't it be funny? Ha ha. Uh, if we did like a crossover thing and what's going on now is uh, there will be, and you guys might've seen on our social media, I, I kind of shared the the thumbnail that we have props to Becca for making that thumbnail, but um, about where I'll be running a mini series that's set in the twin cities by night continuity called sorrow winter, which will be telling the tale of a Sabat pack Sabat <laughs> Sabat pack that is going to be sent to the Twin Cities in 1989 to look into the disappearance of a, another pack that was embedded in there. It takes place about two months after the Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude story. It's really awesome. They're gonna, they, they both, David Larkins and Desiree Valdez, will be playing in it. And we know for now that Craig and Becca and you may be playing it, depending on real-life stuff. We haven't quite narrowed down who's going to be playing it, but we definitely know the character creation session will be happening on November 3rd, which I'm really super excited for, by the way. I think uh, it'll be fun, and I hope I get to participate in it. We'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I have that uh, concept that I pitched before. Yeah, a few minor tweaks, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that'd be rad, man. I'm What I'm looking to do with the story is I'm looking to tell a story with, with the gang that will make Black Sabbath cry. That's a line I stole from a band that said that a long time ago. But I really I want to make a story that is going to like touch into the more the emotional, uh, sad tones of loss and depression and just kind of tell that with the with the nucleus of a Sabbat pack being in the center of it. So I'm really excited for it. They're in the talks about maybe running a game that's tied into their Hunter, the, the visual series called The Demon's Mirror, which is really fucking awesome, which I listen to, by the way. So my point is, go go listen to these folks if you haven't already. I actually think they probably have a larger listener base than us. They're probably more established, well-known. David works on with Chaosium, works on Call of Cthulhu, and I think Pendragon, if I'm not mistaken, and has like uh, kind of like the, the street cred when it really comes to the whole writing scene of RPGs. And to have people like these two like kind of like acknowledge us is really an awesome feeling, you know, like it's really just kind of like a mind blowing feeling. It's surreal at times to have another content creator, like, you know, compliment your stuff. And then I'm sure it feels the same way for them when I'm sitting here like, Oh my God, I love this scene and this scene. And, you know, so it's really awesome to have a peer like that respect us. So I'm excited for that. I really am. So keep your ears open for that. Should be coming in uh, November. And um, yeah, November 10th, it should be released. If everything goes as planned, which is my fucking birthday motherfuckers. So, you ready for a oh, break? You're letting the secrets out. You're I'm letting, letting the secrets out. out. Hey, man, it's cool to like. Hey, I didn't show. get to talk about what I've been doing. Oh, yeah. What have you been doing, man? It's the cold brew. I just God, literally had a big. So I self-centered, Chris. God. <laughs> I literally. Only think about yourself. <laughs> okay. For the record, I'm on the high of just watching the Joker, like literally like 30 minutes ago, and I drank a big ass glass of cold brew. So go ahead and talk while I drink some water. And collect myself. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. I mean, I, I haven't been doing a whole lot of gaming. Uh, just, just. I mean, you know, minor, minor, like, uh, little, um, games that I've been doing with, uh, my other group, you know, where we have, uh, every like other Sunday we run stuff. So I've been doing like some, um, little vampire one shot kind of things that, that Giovanni Chronicles, we're going to pick back up, but that's, uh, man, that's crazy. That's a, that's a long, long thing. And I don't understand how White Wolf expected anyone ever to be able to keep going along with the story for that long, because it's so, uh, like you have to railroad people into doing certain decisions because there's so many different ways you can take it. You know, the longer you go in any kind of game, really, uh, the story can branch and change dramatically based off player actions. And they just assume this one specific course of action. So a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, just pulling shit out my ass on my, my behalf, you know, <laughs> that's the art of storytelling dude <laughs> and, and on the on the real every time we talk about giovanni chronicles i just secretly hope that one day you come to us and be like hey i want to run the giovanni chronicles <laughs> i'm it's serious still good it's really good it, but it's it also really bad in some ways yes 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 and that's like i guess i mean not to <laughs> like, shit on people <laughs> like to like make fun of you for your monologues but they, they you ain't got nothing you've got nothing on claudius giovanni my dude like dude. that dude can just he can <laughs> 
talk forever. <laughs> he just talk forever. And and I, you know when I ran it, I cut out like ninety percent of his monologuing, and the players were still like, "Oh my god, he's still talking." <laughs> Fuck. Well, it's a lonely existence as a vampire, dude. So when you have someone you can talk to, finally, you want to get it all out of your system. Oh man, he just gushed and gushed and gushed. Uh, it's something else. Yeah, I know. I know. I just been <laughs> <But brought> to- <laughs> it is a cool like overall like outline for a story. For sure. And it, it's it's tied to canon, right? Which is kind of cool play uh feeling for players. It's got a really like strong horror themes if you do it right, you know what I mean? And um I myself played Brendan Carrion from Full Metal RPG, ran a home game for the first book, and I, I how he ran it was like really intense and really scary. So it, it could definitely be done like that. I mean, it, it's just the art of taking what you like from shit that White Wolf makes and just disregarding what you don't like, whatever your style and flavor is, you, you know. know what? Actually, speaking of Giovanni Chronicles, that's another one that the Esoteric Order did. Uh, so check check them out if you want to hear a version of it. They did a they did one. Uh, Des ran it for their for their group, and it was it was pretty good. I, t- I actually used some of her ideas from that in my own game because uh, there was just this really creepy way that she did the uh, did one of the characters, and I was just like, I love that. It was so good so good she was just this weird motherly kind of like character but it was also strangely like sexual and it was just it was awkward and and also horrifying very much so and that comes to a good point like if you are out there listening and if you're a content creator or even if you're not a content creator but if you enjoy a content that someone brings out there like word of mouth is the strongest thing that you can use to help them out for real and every time that they've been nice enough to mention us, I feel indebted to them. And I really no, want- no, 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 not debt, man. Come on. It's no, no, it's I know. Like, I know. But I, I listen to people I, up. Yeah, it's bringing people up and it's a good fucking feeling. It's like a sincere, organic, really awesome feeling. So if you're listening to this, check them out. And if you're listening to this and, and you're like, man, I really like XYZ podcast or I like XYZ Twitch stream or like XYZ YouTube series or whatever it may be. Go out on your social media and get show them some love so people can discover them because that's a nice organic way for us to prop each other up for sure. So it's really awesome. So check out the Esoteric Order of Role Players. They said it best. They're like chocolate. We're like peanut butter. You know what I mean? And it's just like <laughs> if you kind of you'll find some and they do things like what before we go to our break, I really want to point out the thing that I really enjoy about them is the chemistry that Des and David have when they play. It's like like it's a good feeling like a it's weird because I'm not really big on like wanting to hear everything that goes on at a table, I guess, when people play. But like when you I mean, if listen you look to at our content, you can tell that because, yeah. you know, we we have a lot of uh, the side talk is cut out and yeah. like editing goes into making it so that we are um, and we Hello? also take. Yeah, we're also taking a lot of efforts on, you know, we keep a lot of that contained to just like breaks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we just silence ourselves when we're not in the scene and just, you know, yeah. But to hear them being a duet and hear like their discovery of a game together or the way the character grows and like the connection that they have being a married couple. I like it, dude. I like because it's a weird mixture of like a podcast and of an actual play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it has this nice combination of both. So anyways, I, I'm waxing poetic and enough about these awesome folks. Go listen to them for real. If you and I, uh, yeah, even if you got stopped listening to us and go listen to them for a while, go do it, man, for real. Like. It's a, it's a good podcast and they'll be on some, on some of our stuff. So it'll be really awesome. So I'm really stoked for that. So when we get back from our first break, Andrew's going to take us on a journey where we're going to be talking about the second Anarch revolt that occurs in vampire, the masquerade, vampire, the masquerade lore. So uh, stand on by. And when we get back, we'll be talking some vampire fun. Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? 
Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. We are going to be diving into the topic today of the Second Anarch Revolt. Now, as Chris had mentioned, I'm going to kind of give a little bit of background info here, kind of informing people what it is, and we'll we'll try and uh, discuss, you know, different aspects of it and how characters could be uh, used, um, existing characters, and how you can like incorporate your own player character into it and things like that. I'm sure, Chris, you have some ideas on those things as well. Always so, uh, and forever. Always and forever, <laughs> brother. So so the Anarch Revolt, let it's it's a bit complicated as it is with anything regarding vampire, you know? It's <laughs> no like, way. <laughs> it's it's not what it seems on the surface, and it's so much more than what, what some people think. You know, the, initially you look at these like anarchs and you think, oh, this is just like, you know, people who were just uh anarchist in in life you know it's just like these these like oh college students going out and protesting <laughs> against the man and stuff like that but but it's it's got so much more depth than that because it's it's about the it's about the oppression that the younger generations the the higher you know the higher generations and younger vampires face from their elders the Ancilla and elders, the ones who rule over the Camarilla, the Ivory Tower, and and the uh, the Sabbat even has just this, these old old vampires in charge running things behind the uh, behind the scenes. And the Anarchs are the ones who see all of this injustice and and are just like rebelling against it. They may not have the best answer to it, but they know we don't like that situation where someone else is controlling my entire life. And so it ends up a lot of times them just looking like, you know, oh, you know, fuck authority. But it's it's not so much that it's it's not just authority. It's an authority you, they never had a say in. It's an authority that that uh, can literally mind control you, an authority that will enslave you through powers of the blood. It's an authority that uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's an authority that will. Uh, put you to death for things that um seem that seem a bit harsh you know it to, as a as a punishment for it's 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 very very um stacked against your favor when you're a, a younger vampire for sure yeah i mean to be honest when i was actually first getting into vampire even to be honest with you and i'm i'm just gonna be honest because andrew and other members of the gang are so much more um, educated on the lore of this game i just pictured anarchs as whiny kids you know like in my mind when i read about them i found that sect at that time to be not as nuanced as it actually is uh actually and believe it or not you andrew and listening to the eor actually kind of changed my perception on that but i do feel that yeah like oh if you here here's where i was flawed in my former my former outlook on the anarchs if you look at the Sabbat, the Sabbat started off very similar, right? You know, yeah. they were they were anarchs who rebelled and wanted to break blood bonds. You all know the story. Uh, they supposedly killed their antediluvians and other elders. Two of them did. <clears throat> but they eventually became what they, in a way, they eventually became what they rebelled against. You know, like uh, a lot of those people who led the rebellions eventually got in positions of power and and eventually kind of resembled the, the the elders that they ended up hating so my yeah. point being is a lot of these anarchs 
that, you know, that I must mistakenly, I guess, portray or in my head as like whiny little runs really are just people who kind of end up being like the people they rebelled against, which is makes it a lot more interesting. You know what I mean? Especially in an area like California and Los Angeles or on the West coast there, where a lot of the canon takes place for anarchs, where you kind of see that, like they're even maybe worse than the people they rebelled against. Cause unlike the people they rebelled against, they don't have an overarching governing body to keep them all in check. So you have all these individual people who end up resembling the people they uh, rebelled against the barons, you know, and then it makes things kind of more chaotic there as as things go on, I mean, I don't know if you would agree with me there, but I—that's I, how I kind of look at them. It's easy to say that you want change, but eventually you fall, end up being like your parents, you know, when you rebelled as a teenager with a piercing, and then fucking twenty years later you wear a tie to work, you know. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive a little bit into like how this second like revolt and and startup of the Anarchs really really come about. Take me on a journey, Andrew, to a <laughs> land far away. <laughs> okay, you got to relax with that stuff, man. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. So um, the thing a lot of people don't realize is that uh, the Second Anarch Revolt was precisely because an old vampire just rebelling and just wanting to shape his, his uh, residence where he's chosen to, to live around him and make it into something that he can just you know uh just be this degrading like monster you know and and that that vampire is christopher halton he's um a very <laughs> interesting character to say the least oh, this so is excited. a this is like a, a tween you know he's like a I, I don't know exactly how old he's supposed to I be i think he's like 12 or 13 maybe yeah. right yeah yeah that's how he appears but like he's pretty old he was a couple hundred years old by the time he come to like california aaron aaron <laughs> oh, okay so, all right that's a deep cut we'll talk about later but for sure yeah continue on <laughs> yeah christopher he he just wanted to have like blood orgies all the time this guy was just like indulging in the worst of vampirism he he like turned like a serial killer murderer into his like child and had they just went around just like committing all kinds of acts get the of fuck people. out of here really yes his his child is um is a serial killer like um what is his name uh Joaquin Marietta like so that Joaquin the guy in EOR was a fucking serial killer the one with him yeah it's a, in 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 real life this man was a serial killer oh, holy shit no way man yeah that makes so, sense oh my god so Joaquin Marietta was a was a serial killer who uh very infamous it, one of the one of the earliest ones uh before there was even you know a term for it uh he was like in the 1850s or something like just just a, a criminal uh a murderer just went around just killing people he was horrible and he turned this guy into his child if that tells you anything about christopher this is the type of person he wanted to have like party with him fuck me that is some fucking sick shit by the way joaquin and chris joaquin and chris <laughs> just, uh, holy right? shit yeah okay so a lot of you don't know like eric uh, before we continue on i just want to like if i sound like i don't know what i'm talking about and i'm all surprised it's because i genuinely am surprised because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about like i know who christopher is but i didn't know that joaquin was a serial killer and that he was that fucking degrading dude really holy fuck balls man yeah yeah, I mean, oh. they they went on this like on binges of just like murdering people all the time, and uh, like eventually uh, he he si uh, Christopher sired another uh, vampire, uh, Don Sebastian, because you know he killed his whole family and just murdered everyone, and then embraced him and used him as his tool so that he could build up a a. A powerhouse you know to build up a, a base of operations so that he could control the region like he he wanted los angeles to be like his his um you know his mecca for yeah. for everyone for artists to attract people to it and he needed someone to be that for him and so uh like this uh don sebastian was just like his his progeny that um that ran things while he was in the background 
And can we now there's a little bit about Christopher, I know, and to kind of like shed some light, I guess, on why Christopher maybe wanted to like come to Hollywood or I mean, it wasn't we'll talk about that, but why he ended up the way that we are talking about him now was that Christopher was a Toreador that was embraced. If I recall correctly, I don't know if he was embraced overseas or if he was. Uh, I think it was like Boston or something. Boston, yeah, right. And basically, his his sire was a Toreador, obviously, because he's a Toreador. But he, for like a hundred years, I don't know how long, he basically was kind of what like the the term poser that they have for Toreadors. And then his sire or someone was basically it's like, you got to make a piece of art and show it to all the Toreadors in Boston, and um to to like make it or whatever <laughs> it was some goofy game. And he did this painting and ended up being ridiculed and laughed. So he fled and didn't he try to go to like Asia originally? That's where he thought he was going. I, I don't, was- I don't recall exactly where, where he like wandered to or whatever, but he eventually ended up in yeah. California. And he's like, Oh, like, Hey, look it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's, he's the type who's like super paranoid of his, of his sire and just ran and hid. That's part of why he's so like in the shadows behind everything is because he's paranoid that one day his sire is just going to show up and kill him because, Oh, you're just such a disappointment because you yourself aren't very like artistic, but he adores things like that. As I, most Toreador do, mm-hmm. um, he just adores, you know, the, the arts and the performing arts and music and, and all kinds of things. And so he, he has basically the whole idea is that uh, Christopher is the reason why like Los Angeles is what it is and why Hollywood is what it is. You know, you have a uh, canon characters like in um, uh, vampire, the masquerade bloodlines, you have a Baron of Hollywood who uh, talks about how, like, you know, I built this place up and everything. And it makes you think, you know, if you look at the, at the, this character here, you know, and then you have this other guy saying, Oh, I built this up. Well, that just means you're just a pawn of Christopher, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, he probably doesn't even realize it. This this character that you interact with in this, this video game who is a, was a pretty popular character. Even it's probably just some tool of this other vampire, you know, the, and, and Christopher probably had so many of those. Yeah, I mean, he was building his his influence and his power base. I like the character of Christopher, to be honest with you, because Christopher reminds me of like that general horror aspect of kids who parents and adults can't control. You know what I mean? Like Children of the Corn, The Omen. There's so many uh, good examples of that. You know, just these little fuckers who won't listen to authority and just will murder you. <laughs> now, now there's more, a lot more layers of nuance when it comes to Christopher like that, but it really taps into that fear of, hey, I'm just a 12-year-old kid who embraced a serial killer and i go around murdering people which was going to lead me to ask which, you about which ahead. is it, it's important to note like the reason he embraced joaquin marietta is because he had like a crush on him he admired him like which is the thing christopher does a lot where he gets like these kind of like crushes on other people and like adores them so much like he turned this murderer because he adored him he he loved what he was doing already. He thought it was beautiful. Yeah. So is Christopher on humanity still, or is he on a path? He's he's on humanity. He's just very low. I think very it's like low. two or three. Jesus Christ, man. So, yeah. Okay. So carry on. By the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm like getting great. I'm engrossed right now. <laughs> so so you know he he's doing all this stuff. Uh, other vampires are showing up. He's got his child who is like. Uh, propped up as the prince you know he's he's ruling over los angeles in his sire stead whose blood they're both blood bound to him too these these two child are they're blood bound and adore christopher and do anything for him you know so he has don sebastian just who's just fanatically devoted to him and and he's going and having all these crushes on sometimes mortals uh, they'd grow old and die and then he would get sad and then he'd go and find someone else. And he just, he, he had people that he would like turn into stars overnight that like, Oh, you know, like just within a few, few days, even few weeks, you know, these people come become big because he's pulling the strings to make it to where they get all these lucky breaks. And, um, eventually this starts to wear down on his, on his childhood. Uh, Don Sebastian was getting pretty frustrated and there was one uh, person that Christopher was obsessed with who was a uh, I believe he's Bruja it's just uh, from from like Ireland or something Jeremy McNeil and you know he had this crush on this guy never never actually interacted with him 
you know, but he, he would watch and listen and, and he heard his, his passion in the way he talked about this, you know, anarchy, you know, the, he's trying to, to, because again, there's been anarchs all throughout history, you know, from, from the first movement all the way up until now, but they weren't really like, they weren't really organized. They weren't big, you know? And so this, this Bruja was so passionate and, and, and that made Christopher just very much adore him. And seeing that Don Sebastian, you know, he, he got a little jealous. Well, John, uh, Don Sebastian also was kind of a fucking degenerate himself too, wasn't he? Oh yeah. I mean, with yeah. a sire like Christopher, come on. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember reading about, I can't remember. I think it was in LA by night or somewhere years ago about how there was a, and this is scary as fuck, by the way, how uh, Don Sebastian had like an orgy at his house where everyone, all these mortals were all fucking coked up and him and these, kindred uh, fed up were feeding all these mortals they end up frenzying so bad that they ran down the streets of hollywood naked just attacking anything that like came across yeah. them yeah like, that's if that tells you anything about how this prince was yeah i mean you gotta think about this hollywood has a reputation there's a lot of good mediums uh cold heart canyon by uh clive barker is one of them which is like this kind of has this reputation being like a place of filth you know if anyone's ever been to hollywood or to la which i at least live in la um like it's not a clean place it's a, it's, you know what i mean like and a lot of shady shit happens in a place like that so to think of like vampires in the mix of that yeah man and then like jealous degenerate vampires like don sebastian for sure i remember that distinctly thinking like how scary and fucked up and just hollywood you know hollywood that whole scene is fucking orgies with coke and running down the street naked attacking people you know what i mean like that's fucking hollywood when i think of it yeah yeah you know and and even before like it really started to get to uh an out of control situation like it was already where los angeles was like a haven for all these like dispossessed and and degenerate type of people at the time well yeah it was really bad you gotta look at like i like one thing that i, I try to do in vampire games <clears throat> i try to do that in dread with the setite was where if a vampire is embedded so long in like an area you know what i mean like if they live there make it what's the term i'm thinking of not haven um their um their territory pretty much you know mm-hmm. where they have control domain. over domain if they are in their domain for so long i almost you would think like the you know, we look at Chris, right? And Chris is a degenerate and he's just a, you know, a monster that eventually trickles down into like the, I hate to use the term essence, but into like the population in a way, you know what I mean? Like he's such a magnet of like fucked up negativity, like a battery that emu that, that kind of like embeds itself into the city, you know, in a weird way, you know what I mean? Eventually the city will start like corrupting from within. That's a concept yeah. I like a lot in horror, you know? Absolutely. And so like all of this eventually came to a head when you know there was some this this whole contention between them jeremy uh was humiliated by don sebastian you know the guy just like dominates and uses presence powers to just make him like beat himself and jeremy being prideful uh tells everyone that he had his you know the prince had his ghouls beat him because he didn't want to admit that he just he that you know this guy this prince made him beat himself into like a state of like barely able to be to be able to walk choke yourself choke yourself yeah and he just didn't he didn't want to admit it and so he lies and tells everyone you know that this is what happened which that just you know with all the other things it starts setting people off they go they go after him. they go they're just they like revolution it's time to just revolt and Rebel. destroy the prince yeah I'm and a- you know they go they go all over the city just killing kindred that uh, that were loyal to Don Sebastian. They go to his haven, um, and you know one of uh, one of uh, Jeremy's like close friends is uh, another kindred named uh, Salvador Garcia, who he goes in there to Don Sebastian's like uh, his his house, and he go he goes inside to where he's like oh he's making his last stand, and he finds like everybody dead just completely slaughtered um and just like like everyone and don sebastian is dead what did chris do it well it's hinted at that chris did Mm. it's hinted at it's it's actually in the los angeles by night and it makes it it's pretty heavy-handed like this was definitely christopher because of what don sebastian did to jeremy who he was adoring oh he, he got his revenge he was like you know he because t- he had told him that jeremy was off off limits he wasn't supposed to mess with him 
He's supposed to leave him alone. And as soon as he he you know word got out that he had his ghouls beat him. <gasps> no 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 oh. no. When when in reality, if that's the case, Don you know who's blood bound to Chris technically didn't hurt Jeremy. Jeremy hurt himself. You yeah know what exactly. I mean? Bloodbound, you know, like think of those creative ways to get get around or use that bloodbound uh flaw or whatever, you know what I mean, in games. And that's a creative way. So sorry, I just I thought of that when I heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's exactly what he did. You know, he he was he was bound to this other vampire, but he also and he wanted to follow follow through, but he was also so jealous. And so he did he did lash out and did, but he technically didn't break break his command. But you know that's what happened and he ended up getting just fucking murdered by either either joaquin or chris himself one of the two you know it could have been either of them but uh it would have been at chris's behest and so you know salvador tells everyone like i think it's just him and jeremy mcneil that know that like salvador didn't actually do this but they told everyone that salvador went in there and killed this prince and that's when they established their their whole you know anarch free states we're all gonna be we're all gonna be free and nobody's gonna no one big happy family we're all gonna get along everybody yeah because jeremy mcneil he had the respect of everyone he could have easily been like i'm prince now but he didn't want that like he's an idealist you know Mm -hmm. and and so they they just established this whole like thing like we're we're anarchs and all anarchs are welcome here fuck the camarilla fuck the sabbat they're not allowed and you know after years and years you know there were invasions by the sabbat uh camarilla always like trying to poke at it and um in in the la by night book it's uh it's set in the early 90s i think it's like 91 92 somewhere around there and so they hadn't they hadn't actually gotten up to the point where the camarilla does come back and take over but um, so it kind of leaves you in that book at a point where like, okay, here they are. It's the Anarch free states. It's the control of the Anarchs. And there's like Justicars who are, uh, you know, trying to reestablish Camarilla control and all this other stuff. And so it really sets up a political situation in there, but you have this whole, this whole revolt that was led by these vampires who, um, have no idea that the only reason that they were able to succeed and the only reason that they continued to be successful and repel any attacks is because they have this powerful, very powerful vampire just watching out for them. Yeah, for sure. And even in Revised, they even have two where like other Anarch areas like in San Diego, I think eventually went to back to the Camarilla because of threats mm-hmm. of, of the Sabat coming from Mexico and the Kindred of the East coming which is a big theme in the revised era too. So like one thing that about the Anarchs that, and again, it was just my night, my naive outlook on them, but really in all reality, not only are they screwed from their internal infighting because like, I mean, come on, these are kindred that have the beast on their shoulders. You know, they're not going to get along. You know what I mean? It's like everyone wants their own domain or whatever, but they're getting pressure from the Camarilla. They're getting pressure from the Sabat, and then they're getting pressure from the Kindred of the East. So you see a lot of that. Some of them start going back to the Camarilla, but I mean, for the most part, LA is just, I mean, it's a bomb with a lit fuse waiting to go off. Yeah. But also then you could be like, well, is it really, is it just really Christopher being like, yeah, you play your games. I'm just going to sit here with my murder buddy and you know, <laughs> we're going to really control things here. That's, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's Christopher in the background controlling everything. You know, and that and that that leads some interesting ideas that you could have for like follow ups afterwards to try to uh, rationalize some of the uh, the changes to the setting over time, you know, for the L.A. Because um, you have you have like the the bloodline storyline where there's like a prince now and uh, and it's like Camarilla and and Anarchs uh, against each other, um, just kind of like, you know, seeing who's going to flinch first. Um, and that, and, and, you know, you have your player, there's, there's a canon, uh, storyline for that game, but, uh, there's a couple of different endings and everything, but you, you, and then you have V5 where, um, where it's kind of like, there's not so much Sabat at all. Like they're, they've mostly just disappeared. And, uh, I haven't actually, I don't, I don't, I haven't read the Anarch book for, v5 so i don't i don't know if they mention what's going on in la at all but i know that uh v20 has the anarchs unbound and it kind of gives a little bit of a 
uh, it, it expands on the whole anarch revolt and the story of how it how it began. You know, um, it it does dive into the, uh, this story from a little bit slightly different perspective. You know, it gives a few new new details that are uh, pretty interesting. So, yeah, yeah, and, and then you got the. LA by night uh actual play going on too which i think they says canon also so there's a lot yeah. of material to look into there i don't know what they're doing with the anarch revolt in there or anything but i'm sure it's being touched because i do think that there's an oh yeah character. It's, it has to be because it's it's such yeah. a it's such a important part of that setting because even mm-hmm. even with like camarilla being in control if that's how they're doing it then you still have like huge numbers of anarchs yeah, well, I think one of the characters is a Baron too, or calls himself a Baron. So yeah, I'm assuming they're there. But it's a, overall, I mean, to be honest with you, I I, I tried. Uh, okay, no spoilers. Well, I guess a little spoilers. But I mean, you played in Dread. Anyone who listens to Dread maybe saw where I was tra- kind of dangling that Anarch carrot a little bit. You know, that like it might happen in that game there. And I feel like you can use Anarchs in a way. Because to be honest with you, and again, it was just my childish outlook on it was that. I just thought the Anarchs were Camarilla who just didn't like to follow rules, you know, but they still f- followed the same rules in the end. But it's a lot more than that. It really is. It's a lot more in depth. The thing is, it can be challenging because you don't, you can have in your game, and that's what I tried to do in Dread, where you can have maybe signs of a, a revolt starting to happen. And, and that doesn't even have to be called Anarch. You know what I mean? Am I making sense? Like, you don't even have to say, you know, this NPC says, I'm going to start an Anarch revolt. It could just be a handful of player characters or NPCs in the Camarilla or Sabat city who are tired of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, tired of the status quo, tired of exactly. how things are going. They're tired of getting screwed over and they do something about it. And that's, that's exactly what the Anarch, uh, the Anarch movement is all about. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it, it's just, it's making it to where the people who, um, the people who are being ruled over have a say in how they're being ruled over, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many different ways that can lead. Could it lead to just be a regime change? Could it lead to be an all-new governing system? Could it be lead to a different sect taking over? It's very interesting and complicated things that you can that you can walk away from. There's d- different complicated and interesting political themes that you can walk away from. In, in reality, the build-up to a revolt or the build-up to, to some kind of power keg of explosion that happens when it comes to like the local politics – it, it, it could be a slow burn, you know, it could be a very slow burn as I'm sure it is said in LA by night or whatever, you know, eventually leads to this pressure and this pressure and this pressure, but it could be lead to really interesting stories to, to show the first signs of where that pressure started and eventually just starts to like snowball and snowball and snowball. So I know I definitely, before we even recorded this, Andrew and, and uh, w- was very adamant about his love of the anarchs in our discord when we had a talk, which I think led to this eventually, us, this being a topic you know but for sure i think it's interesting if you want to see an interesting way that the anarch a lot of these npcs are used uh and i know we pushed them earlier is the esoteric order role players and their neon masquerade story a lot of those npcs from la by night are in that game so if you like yeah. those NPCs, i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty positive they actually use the la by night book so uh, i'm sure too because and by the way david Lark- <laughs> david larkin's handling of the npc christopher is is so awesome <laughs> so awesome and so creepy especially i didn't know this back history uh, like the i didn't know that joaquin is a serial killer you know what i mean i didn't know about the, like, these murder sprees all this stuff so if you really yeah, want to just degeneracy the just um, the sheer like giving into just, the beast yeah, yeah. They, they're oh man they're bad they are bad vampires <laughs> and he shaped it everything around that yeah. and so like yeah you have this whole situation uh, and, and you can still see it in the anarch revolt it's not just like oh his prince who who's doing all this stuff because if you look at it like you have all these gangs with the anarchs fighting constantly some of them are pretty pretty terrible uh they're 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 gangs that just do some horrible things and 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 they have all the like they split territory up and like okay this is our place and that's your place but they're always constantly at war and like you were saying that influence just still leaking through of his his ideal society you know of of like just vampires being able to do whatever the fuck they want and is that a good thing <laughs> you know what i mean right because like yeah. vampires are territorial assholes unless yeah they may say they'll get along for a little bit until they want that line of theirs to go farther away <laughs> so they can get a bigger area of influence you know and a bigger area to hunt so see part of why i tell people like the, the, the uh anarchs are one of my favorites because like they are flawed they're not perfect 
There's no such thing as a perfect like, you know, faction in the world of darkness. There's there's not. There's but not. <laughs> at least with the anarchs, you get a lot of you get a lot of positives, but they're also flawed enough to where you can tell so many interesting, unique stories. And there's a lot of potential for all kinds of different types of uh, chronicles. Yeah, and for sure, especially now that it seems like in V5 that is the Camarilla and the Anarchs are the two main factions. Kind of going back to that uh, that first Ed vibe, you know, where that was kind of like what it was. So there's a lot of room there, a lot of room for for stories to be told. In that book, uh, the LA by Night, like the you know, there's always the hints throughout the entire thing where they don't outright say it, but they're always like these these hints of like you know oh, the new mayor getting visits from this golden-haired boy, you know, and all this stuff of just just showing you how much uh, is really, like, it's all being controlled by this this one old, powerful, just corridor into just debauchery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, we kind of sound nuts right now when we're talking about, I'm reading this book, man, and there's signs in this book that the truth presented isn't the truth that we know. Thank you, Vampire the Masquerade, for making us all fucking insane. I'm just saying. Do we feel is, a little is nuts? It, is it really? Is it really insanity, like or paranoia? If like it's true, I know, right? Uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you, man. You know what I mean? Just because you're paranoid does not mean they're not after you. Uh, on that note, on that bright sunshine rainbow unicorn fart note right there, we're gonna go ahead and take our next break. <laughs> and it, well, I feel like you're laughing because you can you can just feel the cringe on my face like coming through the screen. I, I am. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can hear it in your voice, dude. We've been doing this long <laughs> enough. I can hear the pain. But on that note, when we come back, we'll go ahead and be talking about what's coming up on the Twin Cities by Night schedule. So stay tuned. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games, with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Diaries here. We're going to be talking about what we have coming up on our schedule. So after this is released, we have next coming up, it will be the ultimate evil institutionalized. But man, holy shit, I've been having fun with that, dude. Really, um, is this weird like media? Is this weird uh situation I find myself in as a storyteller with that game, and the fact that the first arc was only six sessions, but I. I like I want to really like take my time with the story, but I don't want to take too much time, but I'm like worried about whatever. But a lot of people that I kind of confide in about to say, do the slow burn. You know what I mean? The slow burn is worth it. You know, don't rush anything. Just kind of let it happen organically on its own. And man, I'm really like that. That game is something that is super fucking special to me, man. That's um, that's kind of how I, how I felt about when I ran corruption is like, you know, I'm just going to take go at the pace that you, that the players set for unraveling the story. And when it's the right time, that's when it's time to end it and just do the same thing just whenever whenever you feel like okay now now is the end you know that's you can't you can't just have a pre-planned like you know ending in mind because then you'll never end up like satisfied Oh, for sure. I guess what I worry is the players getting bored, but I, I think that all you enjoy, like the kind of the smaller scale interactions that we that we ha- that you guys have in the game with NPCs and stuff like that. And also, I'm slowly introducing elements of the overall plot that's happening. And I think like one thing I like to do in the Ultimate Evil is like build this like um baseline of normalcy, and then having an occasional flare up happen. That's like oh fuck, we're in a horror game. Like the scene with uh with uh Alex and his dream. You know, just having something like like remind everyone like yeah your life is normal you think but you know it wasn't just but like six months prior that you guys saw some fucked up shit you know what i mean and you're trying to like still live in the small town in north dakota so i really 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 love that game i love it because i love being able to interact with you you're one of the players and the other players uh interact with them and be like normal interactions you know what i mean like not exactly like supernaturally tied but yet impactful to the story and it, it's fun, like that scene with you and Brian and like not knowing how you're going to react to like Brian, you know, showing up at your front porch drunk, you know what I mean? Or yeah. 
or like uh with uh Derek getting laid off or with like Wayne and, and, and Alex and talking to his parents. It's just like I love it, dude. I really love it. And it's like I don't want to sound like selfish, but like I if if everyone in the world told me they fucking hated that story and game, I'd still selfishly run it, even if it meant losing all our listeners. You know what I mean? If everyone's like, if you don't stop running this game, I'm gonna fucking stop listening. Sorry, dude, go on, because I love playing it. You know what I mean? I love playing I it mean, with you guys. That's why people listen to us. I guess, right? It's so it's weird. We're playing to have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And that's what that's a I mean, if people can't see that by us playing in that North Dakota Chronicles of Darkness game, I don't know what else to fucking say. You know what I mean? But it's a blast and I really love it. And I really feel that like throughout our 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 existence uh, as Twin Cities by Night, I mean we're coming up on four years in April, which is kind of crazy. We we have evolved a lot as players and storytellers man and one thing i don't think people realize is like one of the most challenging things well people do probably do realize this but one of the most challenging things with the role-playing group is feeling comfortable you know what i mean learning how to like play off of each other and i think that through just the sheer amount of time that we've played together as a group we know how to play off each other just as players you know what i mean we know everyone's style yeah. we know what they like we know how to go back and forth with with each other i think that's Honestly, part of the reason why these one shots have been happening, you know, a lot is because we all know we can get together and play a game. I'm not saying we're like high level, whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're us as a group. We're comfortable with each other. And I think that that shows if you were to listen to us from day one to like now, you would hear like, yes, holy cow. I can see this progression and evolution of this group as it continues to do that way. And so games like Ultimate Evil are really fun for me now because I put all this thought into these NPCs and then I have these player characters and players who put all their thoughts and now we know how to like like these conversations like i just i i, I can't like i listen to you guys talk dude and and like that first session for people who don't know i thought the first session was going to totally go a different way i thought the first session was going to be diff- different way i don't know if you, people couldn't tell listening but it's funny <laughs> like i was like oh shit i didn't expect them all to say no but the conversations that you guys had as characters like in the main bar i was just totally blown away listening to this because it was like you guys know how to play off each other and it's so fucking fun and then to be like i created a setting and these guys are bringing it to life you know what i mean and i owe you guys an eternal debt of gratitude for that man because this story would not the ultimate evil or any of these stories would not be anything without the players for sure i'm just doing the outline and they're coloring in all the shading and all the details so thank you andrew for being a pal and doing that i love the character che and just uh i love that game and it's a it's, that's it's the special one i could easily be running some popular game right now you know what i mean like I mean, a game thanks, on thanks for running it and that's, oh, yeah. that's actually good advice for anyone really who's uh trying to run and play in games it's like you know if you're if you're a storyteller and oh, and you're 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 running one of these like it doesn't have to be you know chronicles it could be any of the storytelling systems if you're running a game or even just you know any other system have an outline yeah have an idea of your story yeah but let the players fill everything in let them motivate the story you know you'll you'll enjoy the ride that they bring you on by giving and giving input and and engaging them and letting them to to just direct where everything's going to go oh 100 I w- i'll say this openly openly and i have no shame in saying this Almost 100% of the scenes that people say they enjoy in Wars on Fire, Dread, and The Ultimate Evil are all scenes that happen because the players decide to have those scenes. You know what I mean? Like, for real. And so that's... um. That, that's a that's a testament to you guys for real and i'm i'm really thankful so enough me get, get waxing poetic i love the fucking ultimate evil it is my baby and uh i love it much more than anything i've ran i love the other shit i ran but i love the ultimate evil it's really special to my heart then after that we have uh chronicles of darkness inferno uh temptation and if you guys have not listened to that boy andrew boy boy it's like the it's like that guy it's got that ultimate evil vibe man like the when i when i say the ultimate evil vibe i mean like the the characters are really leading that story you know what i mean like like it's really like kind of amazing how that is happening i hate using words like that just uh describing our shit but like i enjoy listening to it. i listen to all of our shit i we edit our shit i listen to the day it comes out just like with a fresh perspective you know what i mean just kind of like fresh ears like a listener would and i listen to inferno and I enjoy it, man. I really like like the just the the concept. For those of you who don't know who are listening, it basically Slavic made this concept where he kind of took inspiration from Wraith, where two people will play mortals, like two people play demons who are possessing these mortals. That takes place during the Hussite Wars, which Slavic is very familiar with because he's from the Czech Republic, and that took 
place and his homeland there. And it's, it's, it's just a game where like basically me and Craig play immortal and we have Tillman and Joaquin playing demons. I mean, we think like people are like, oh, that's boring, but it's really this just creative like chess. I don't piece think anyone's where... gonna think that's boring. I know, I know, I know. Fuck, I'm, I'm like really rough. <laughs> so, you know, like, I haven't even I haven't even started listening to it yet. It's yeah. it's like there's there's so many other things. So I'm waiting until you guys actually like complete like a story arc, and yeah. then like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and listen to it then. Yeah, you should. You should. You'll enjoy it. I think you really will enjoy it. And Joaquin and Tillman are so fucking amazing, dude, playing like these demons, but they're not like overly demon, like ha ha, Satan. They're not even like I mean, that. Look, look, these two guys, they're, they are, they're subtle. They're clever. They're clever dudes. Oh, for I sure. have no doubt. I have no doubt in their ability to portray a subtle, like scheming demon, just like whispering into your ear. Oh, dude, and so they're so good at it, dude. <laughs> so good at it. All I gotta say, it's like wow, for sure. Um, the next after that, we have Demon the Fallen Fragments, which is still going strong. Uh, that takes place after that. That's a what I'm really impressed. One thing that blew me away is hearing how these characters are playing like things that are alien to the to the surroundings around them. The last session, uh, Adam like had a really really like. Like the way he plays his character is just, uh, I just like it because I think Mitch is really good at flashback scenes and describing the war and heaven that happened. And then you come back to like these, the almost like, um, I hate not to use the term negatively, but almost like autistic outlook that these characters have on the world. It's really amazing. Demon, I'm surprised how many people like love Demon the Fallen. It's something that I really never have read. Uh, but for sure, that is going on strong. And then after that, released on my fucking birthday, November 10th, will be. Uh, the sorrow of winter character creation session where half of it will be my, how I view it uh, as now half of it will be the players giving like the, the traits and the dots or whatever, like we do for some of our games. And then the other half will be like a narration introduction about how this, this um, group becomes a pack. So I'm very excited about that. Like I said, uh, it will be, we'll have guest players of David Larkins and Desiree Valdez from the esoteric order of role players. will be on that. It'll be part of the twin seas by night. Uh, canon so questions of the plot will be answered within there which i'm really excited for because it's just like i love that i we are so uh that that game the original vampire game that i started has gone along so much that like i can answer these canon questions or you show them expose them that i've had in my head since the beginning <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like yeah like they just it's finally starting to come into life actually matter of fact i was talking to desiree about this and kudos to to you, the character Lenny was uh, really helped me open the, the those doors up a lot. You know, with the with the just the concept of the character, and you know what I mean, just like being able to look into things and find things and stuff like that. So that was really awesome, and I and I owe that. I love it, man. When players are able to expose plot that you want to expose, so you don't have to hammer it in. You know what I mean? Like force it in. So that was really really awesome. But other than that, like that's what we got going on for the next month um we're always scheming uh keep your eyes open or your ear holes open i guess for halloween there might be something dropping on halloween i don't want to say too much guys but keep your ears open for halloween something's gonna drop but i'm not gonna tell you what it is this is gonna be fucking awesome but uh other than that you got anything to say andrew before we let these people go back to the sanity you're not the only one with secret plots of the things releasing on the channel just saying Oh, what the fuck? I don't even know what you're talking about. We got to talk yep. off camera, dude. No, I'm oh, not going to tell you anything. That's all you get. What? Do, is it, do other gang members know about this shit, too? I'm not going to say anything. What? Oh, my God. Now you got me all fucked up. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Now you guys hear me generally shocked. God damn it. Why do we script this out if you're going to surprise me? I'm joking. We don't script this out. We're not. Never mind. But anyway, so uh, until then, drink cold brew and listen to Black Sabbath. Not sad bad, right? It's not sad bad. Andrew, is it Sabbat? How do you pronounce I, what? How do you pronounce Sabbat? Sabbat. That's what I say because because it's right, uh, right? I'm I'm Southern and yeah. it's Sabbat. Like Sabbat, right? When you when you pronounce something like it's spelled that way, it's yeah. uh, a is pronounced like uh, a lot. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not Sabbat, right? Like the way the way I approach linguistics is that uh, there's. There's no right or wrong way to pronounce oh, now you're being anything. A, you're being a diplomat. No, you're being no, a no, diplomat. no. It's not just a diplomatic <laughs> answer. I used to be one of those like uh, snobs who was like, ah, you know, you have to say it like this, and it's spelled like this, and it's like, you know, mm. it's actually not true because language evolves, language yeah. changes, and oh, wow. and it is uh, 
It doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter how you say it. As long as you say drink no. cold brew and listen to Black Sabbath, right? Well, okay, I was going to say as long as the idea you're trying to communicate is properly communicated. Well, fucking, what if I'm trying to communicate drink cold brew and listen to Black Sabbath and do shit well, like that? Well, then, as long as you get that idea across. Yeah, so how about this? Do you want me to try to get it across one more time? No, we're good. We, I think we get it. Okay. You all get it, but drink cold brew. Listen to Black Sabbath. All right, talk to you guys later. Peace out. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.